Good Sunday morning and welcome to Chapel Roswell. My name is Joe McKechnie and I'm so blessed to be the pastor here. We're going through a series entitled Wilderness in which we're talking about that wilderness of the season of Lent. That is the season that leads up to Easter Sunday. Now, my wife and I, we both love college football. That's one of my favorite things in the world, and I'm married good. Man, she loves college football almost as much as I do. And on crazy Saturdays, we'll be watching football from from really the time we get up almost until we go to bed at night. But one of the things we try to do to be a little bit productive is we'll have a TV in the room that we're cleaning. We'll get our house cleaning done on college football Saturday. There wasn't an example, there was an example rather not too long ago in which my wife was downstairs. I was going to tackle the upstairs. So she was downstairs. I could hear the vacuum going. I could hear the oohs and the ahs of what was happening on the television. I don't know what game she was watching. I would hear the sink go on and off. And I knew that she was down there working really, really hard. Now, meanwhile, I'm upstairs, and I'm watching a little bit of the game, but, but I'm also working really hard, okay? During commercials, I would scrub and clean out the toilet. I mean, I was really getting down on my hands and knees, doing the bathroom tile. And, and there was one point after I'd clean out our closet, reorganized even my shoes in my closet. That's how dedicated and diligent I was on this opportunity to clean our room. But, but, but suddenly I heard this, oh, there was some sort of excitement going on on the game. And, and so I, I went back and watched the game, and there was a big play going on. There was a replay going on. And so I picked up the remote, and I, I paused it. I replayed it so I could see what was going on. I actually took a seat on the foot of our bed to watch this play. And just as I did that, she walked in. My wife walked in. She had been working her tail off downstairs. She thought that I was upstairs goofing off watching a football game. It's interesting how sometimes we can see something, but it's not really quite the way it looks. We perceive something to be one way, but in reality, there's something a little bit different going on. This morning, I'm going to read a statement from Jesus, and it sounds like he's saying one thing, but then the more we look at it, the more we investigate what's going on, it comes across a little bit different. So hear me on this passage. Our scripture comes from Jesus being up on the cross. It's among the last words that he utters before he's crucified. We're going to go Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 through 48. I think many of you may have heard these words before. If not, I pray that God will bless your first hearing, your initial hearing of this passage. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came all over the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, and it's in Aramaic, but I'm going to say it in English, okay? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. He was a prophet. Immediately, one of them ran and they got a sponge and he filled it it with wine and vinegar and he put it on a staff, a large stick, and he offered it to Jesus to drink. Will you pray with me, friends? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power and the wisdom that comes from and that comes through your word. May your Holy Spirit stir within us, allowing us to hear and to know and to live out what it is that you want to deposit in us this morning. May we allow your word to penetrate every crevice and corner of our hearts and our lives so that we may truly experience all that you have in store for us. We thank you for your calling upon each of our lives. We thank you for those people around us, people we may know, maybe we don't. But I pray that you will bless their presence here with us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Well, Maximilian Kolb, Father Max, he was called. Father Max was a priest in Poland when World War II broke out. And as the Germans invaded Poland, he provided shelter to the Jewish people who were fleeing. He was arrested for this. He was sent off to the Auschwitz concentration camp where Father Max became simply known by a number, prisoner 16670. If a prisoner ever escaped from the concentration camp, the Nazis would randomly select 10 men and they would be put to death on the spot. They wanted to prevent any future escape attempts. And one day, three Jewish people escaped. So the deputy camp director picked 10 men by hand. They were going to be starved to death in an underground bunker. One of the men just cried out on his knees, my God, my God, my my, my wife and my children. And Father Maximilian Kolb, who didn't have a family, he said, let me go in that man's place. And and they, they allowed him to do that. He was taken to an underground cell where he was starved to death. He spent his time praying and reading and talking and encouraging the other prisoners And after two weeks of dehydration and starvation, Maximilian Kolb was somehow still alive. The guards wanted the bunker emptied, so they gave him a lethal injection of carbolic acid, and he died there on the spot. But he was willing to trade his life so that this man over here could go free. I think if anyone ever had a reason to cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe it was Maximilian Kolb. He put himself in the position to die so that someone over here may live. That's what we talk about when we speak of the gospel, the good news, that you and I can live not only in the peace and presence of God here and now, but also in all eternity together. Let me take you back to that gospel of Matthew. We hear Jesus crying out some heart-wrenching words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These words are also found in the gospel of Mark. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's near death, and he cries out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shakapakantani. Okay, I know I don't speak that well, but my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was in agony. He was in intense pain. It was excruciating. The word excruciating comes from the word crucifixion. How did Jesus even muster the strength to cry out in a loud voice? It was obviously something that he wanted people to hear. To forsake means to abandon. Wow. Jesus is crying out, God, why why have you abandoned me? Does the Son of God really feel like his heavenly Father literally abandoned him? Let me take you back to some memorable quotes in American history. I'm going to give you a quote. You tell me who said it. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Teddy Roosevelt. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself, FDR. And so if my fellow Americans ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Finally, Mr. Gorbachev, tear, tear down this wall, Ronald Reagan. If you were to hear these quotes now in a sermon, we know that we're somehow evoking the memories of something in the past when the presidential pundit used one of these quotes, you know they're trying to say something. If, if an, a future presidential candidate were to use one of these, these quotes, you know that they're trying to invoke the memory of a past president. 
Okay, now hold on to that thought for a second. Now, let me take you back about a thousand years before Jesus was hanging on the cross, okay? We're going to go to the book of Psalms. In Hebrews, the word psalm means praises. So the book of Psalms is a collection of praises to God. It's a collection of religious poems and hymns and prayers written by a variety of authors, most of them written by David. Now, many of the psalms were sung or they were chanted as the Israelites would wander into worship. And so now we go to the 22nd Psalm. A lot of us know Psalm 23 or the 23rd Psalm, but Psalm 22, they wouldn't have referred to it as the 22nd Psalm because during that era, writings were not given titles per se. Rather, they were known by their first line. The first line was a way of identifying the entire passage. The Jewish people studied the Psalms. They memorized the Psalms. They knew the Psalms. And as we look at the 22nd Psalm, what is the opening line? How would we identify with it? Well, let's see if we've got that. Psalm 22.1. Do we have it on the big board this morning? If not, let me read this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I have no rest. And we'll just hold it right there for now, okay? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That would be Psalm 22. Everyone would know when they heard it, oh, that's from Psalm 22. Even if you weren't a religious person, you would be familiar with some of these things. The psalm is a heart-wrenching cry out to God who feel, by, by David. David feels so alone and cold and defeated and beaten down and alone and afraid, and he feels like God has abandoned him, God has forgotten him. And in this sense of hopelessness, this sense of despair, he cries out to God. So when Jesus on the cross cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's using a phrase that the people would know. They could identify with it. Even if some of the folks at the foot of the cross weren't Jewish, they would still recognize this famous saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My daughter turned nine years old the other day. And if I were to send her a birthday card that said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. She would look at it and say, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. And, and that would make sense. Why would she get that? There's nothing really to get. I mean, that's a, a political quote from a couple of decades ago. But if I were to use that term in someone to someone who grew up in the Cold War era, he or she might be familiar with the context of that. And so as Jesus dies, he's invoking memory of the 22nd Psalm. He sang something with which the people were familiar. And that's important. Now, why is it important? David feels rejected and mocked. Jesus felt rejected and mocked by the people. The enemies of David are sneering at him. We read that later in the passage. Many of the crowd were taunting Jesus and yelling out insults and jeers. They were making fun of him. But in the 22nd Psalm, David feels so defeated and worn out that death becomes imminent. And now when Jesus is crying out, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? He's bringing back the memories of something that the Jewish people have lived through, that every Jewish school child knew, the story of David crying out to God. 
In Matthew 27, 35, it says, When they had crucified Jesus, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. All four Gospels actually describe this event, and John takes it even further by describing how it's a fulfillment of prophecy. But I want you to think about this. Why is Jesus invoking memories of the 22nd Psalm? Why does he keep saying that? Because Jesus isn't asking the question. He's not literally saying, God, have you forsaken me? Rather, he's expressing the horrors and the, 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 the feelings of abandonment that those before have come and gone and felt. So he's trying to tie into something that the people would understand. And you know what? When we look at the 22nd Psalm, what happens? In prophecy, it tells us about your iniquities have separated you from your God. This is in Isaiah. Your sins have hidden your face so that he will not hear. The scripture is telling us that Jesus is taking on the sin of the world. While Jesus was on the cross asking, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? He was invoking this memory of something that the Jewish people knew. But this is important to realize. Because if you look at the latter part of Psalm 22, it expresses a vastly different point of view. 22.19 says, But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. In fact, the whole rest of Psalm 22 speaks of God's glory and God's deliverance, how God rescues, how God redeems, how God protects, how God provides. In other words, this is a poem not of desolation, not of isolation, not of destitute, but this is a poem of victory. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, it starts off with a down tone, but it ends up in 24. It says, he has not despised or scorned the suffering or the afflicted one. God has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. And so as the crowd stood at the foot of the cross and they watched a sinless man in pain, giving up his life, they may not have known what was to come next. But when Jesus cites the 22nd Psalm, He's telling them that this is not all that there is. He's telling them how this seemingly horrific scene is going to turn out. That he's experienced this moment of pain, but we know that it leads to a moment of victory. God's mercy never ends. His presence never fails. Let me take you to the final statement of the 22nd Psalm. 22nd Psalm, verse 31. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a prophet unborn, he has done it. Those four words, he has done it. That consists of only one word in Hebrew, by the way. In the 22nd Psalm, David uses those words to say, it is done. That God's ultimate deliverance has been carried out. And so when Jesus starts off, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? People would be drawn to that. People would know, oh, that's that psalm. Wait a second, that's that psalm that ends in a high note. That's that psalm that ends in good news. And so Jesus, the man who's being crucified, is actually even from the cross delivering a message of good news. God's plan of salvation has been complete. Our sin is paid for. Christ's work on earth is done. But you know what? Maybe this morning you feel defeated. Maybe you feel defeated with life. Maybe you feel defeated in your marriage. You ever feel like a situation is hopeless, that there's no way out of it? Maybe you just feel like everyone is against you. 
Maybe you feel like you're long gone well beyond hope. Maybe it took every ounce of energy and strength for some of you even to be here this morning. But I pray that God will bless that and use that and you will leave here knowing that you are not beyond hope. Maybe God does seem distant to you right now. Maybe faith seems so far away. But the scripture promises us, we've got a lot of lives in here that can attest to it, that God redeems, God rescues, God restores. God's love is free. It it isn't cheap. It costs Jesus his life. But I pray that you can receive that gift of God's grace this morning. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word, and we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. How Jesus came born into this world from a virgin. But Lord, he grew up to be our Savior, the one who would die to take our place on the cross. And as we hear those words this morning, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe a lot of us feel like we have been forgotten about. Lord, use something or someone to remind us that we are not. That when we feel unlovable or unloved, that, Lord, we are neither. What is that work, Lord, you want to do in our heart? That work you want to do in our mind? That work you want to do in our spirit? That work you want to do in our lives? And I pray that this might be a starting point for some of us. May we claim that. May we identify with that. We can know that when Jesus was on the cross, even in the midst of agony and pain, he was telling us that this is not how the story ends. There is a good ending. There is an ending of victory. There is an ending of defeat. And Lord, for that, we thank you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for first loving us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, at the end of our time together, we always have a couple of different ways to respond. One of the ways we respond is with our giving. You can see we've got four different ways to to give financially. That's our way of being um, obedient and faithful, what it is